Hi, welcome to Boozy Book Club. I'm Katie. I'm Gabs. I'm Erin. And today we are going to discuss Across the Nightingale Floor by, I believe the author's name is Leon Hearn. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, I chose this book because when I was in the eighth grade, I was kind of at the top of my weeb phase, and I thought <laughs> everything, like, Japanese was totally Sugoi and cool. So, um, so I just remember, like, this is part of, like, a trilogy, and I just remember really loving this series, and I thought, and this is, um, we read the first book in the series, and I just thought it was, like, the best, um, and it was, like, my favorite. So I hadn't read it since, so I wanted to see how it, um, how it held up to my eighth grade expectations and um it didn't really hold up (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert yeah not to say um I still like I still like it was a quick read it was an easy read I still um liked it but it had a lot of um this time around it definitely had some flaws um that I didn't really like notice the first time around um so I don't I don't know if there's a I guess if we each want to go around and basically say what we thought about it. Um, initial impressions, I guess. Yeah. Um, I honestly, like, didn't know if I had feelings about the book one way or another until I was, like, three-fourths of the way through it. Uh, it was really weird. I, like, read it, and I was like, I mean, it's not bad at a sure I'll keep reading and then I kept reading and then I was like I still am not really sure and then like finally a chunk of the way through it I was like oh okay I think I think I was like having a weird disconnect problem that was like keeping me from like knowing how I felt and then I realized (laughs) that that was my problem with it um because okay so remind me how to say his name Takeo 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 yeah sorry yeah um he, as a protagonist, like, never once clicked for me. So, I just ultimately was like, meh. Yeah, I, so I read this book while I was temping at, like, a real estate agency. So, I was just, like, sitting at a desk all day reading. So, I, was, I read it, like, sitting at my computer. And I think I fell asleep several times while I was reading it. <laughs> So for me, like, the biggest problem was I just found it, like, really boring and didn't, yeah, I don't think I connected with any of the characters or anything. So, yeah, I think I agree with you, Gabs, where I was just like, okay, this is fine, I guess. And I also think that I went into it with, like, a little bit of skepticism because it's, like, based in this Japanese culture, but as far as I know, this lady is, like, white and from Australia or New Zealand or something. Oh, the author's female. Yes. Oh, yeah. Leanne, I think it might be how you say her name. Please hold for technical difficulties. So, Erin, can you make your point again about uh, the author? Yes, so what I was saying was that, like, I looked up the author because I was like, oh, she doesn't sound like she has a Japanese name, and she's from New Zealand, and she's, like, a white lady. And so going in, reading it, I just sort of – that was, like, a red flag for me of, like, being sort of suspicious. Like, not that you can't, like, be a white person and write about other cultures. I think that it's been done before well and, like, me 
Okay, okay. yeah, I was just gonna. But like, just like that specifically, like I was just sort of skeptical going yeah. in, and I don't know like really how I felt about how she portrayed the culture, but that was something that I was like had thinking going in. Yeah. I guess we didn't really um, explain. So basically, this book takes place. Um, it doesn't take place in feudal Japan. The author, there's an author's note at the beginning that basically says this is kind of, kind of like an alternate universe Japan. Like it takes place in a culture that's like Japan, but not necessarily Japan. But all the characters have Japanese names, and it, it just, it's just, it's basically Japan, but not Japan. Yeah. So I don't. It. it I think the author was doing that because maybe she was weary of saying, like, look, I'm not a Japanese expert, so I'm not going to go and say, like, oh, this could have really happened in Japan. Um, but it's still very much, like, you supposed to be Japan, I guess. So, it's, um, so yeah, that, that is kind of a – it's always kind of a tricky question is, like, when you're an outsider, like, how much, um, you know, how much license should you have? It's I don't know. It's always kind of of a slippery slope, but – the point you mentioned about you know Avatar: The Last Airbender, the creators are two white guys, and um, you know every I think that's very criti- like critically received well. So I don't know. I yeah. feel like if she had made it less like Japan, I would be like more. When she's like, "Oh, this is like a no, this is not Japan," I was like, "Okay." And then I started reading it, and I mean, like obviously, like, people having superpowers or whatever is like not a thing, but. Um, I was like, I don't know, this feels an awful lot like Japan, it doesn't seem like that, like, like the, I guess the geography and, like, everything is supposed to be basically the same. Yeah, um, and they have, like, she talks about that artist, the artist <coughs> guy that's in their statue, I think was his name, like, that was a real artist in Japan, so her being like, oh, this is J- not really Japan, just felt, like, sort of couching to me. Yeah. But I do think that is, like, a relevant thing, because that's, like, like the thing I always bring up is, like, J.K. Rowling under, recently, like, undercame a lot of criticism for uh, writing about America Hogwarts. I don't even remember the name of oh, it. Oh, like, Ilvermory. Or... Yeah, and how um, she, like, just appropriated a lot of, like, Native American culture, but didn't actually, like, talk to any Native Americans, and so there was, like, a big debate over, like... Like, she should have done more research, and then, like, she could have written about it, and, like, all that stuff, so. Um, I don't personally, like, know enough about Japan to be able to say, like, Leanne Hearn, like, screwed anything up terribly or anything, but, yeah, that is, like, always kind of like, "Eh, okay. I mean, at least, I guess at least she didn't just, like, write a white savior into it. Yeah. Yeah. At least she didn't do do The Last Samurai. Yeah, she didn't, like, Tom Cruise it up or anything. Yeah. There's that, at least. Um, So, I guess another talking point is I think the thing that, um, at least that I found the most disappointing the second time around is I remember, like, I, so the main female character in the book, her name is uh, Kaede, and the first time I read the book, I thought, like, I remembered her being this strong female character, and I reread the book, and I found her to just be kind of whiny, and just, like, she pined after the, like, she pines after, she's, like, betrothed to the main character, Takeo's guardian, and she just, like, pines after him the whole story, and, like, she learns to fight, but it just feels kind of, like, force-fed, like, it, like, she doesn't really have a reason 
other than like, oh, you need to protect yourself because guys might rape you. Yay. And it's just like, I, I just didn't find her as compelling as I, like, I, I didn't find the main character as compelling either, but I was particularly disappointed that she just wasn't as, um, had as much personality or was compelling as I remember her being. Yeah, I thought Kaede was, like, super, like, stereotypical, like, not interesting. Because uh, first she was just like, oh, poor me, oh, I'm so beautiful, guys are trying to attack me, because when you're beautiful, guys just attack you all the time. And I was like, alright. And then, like, I mean, I don't like the love at first sight trope thing anyway, so, like, her... And the protagonist's, like, love at first sight thing did not work for me, like, even a oh little bit. <laughs> and then when they're like, now you're going to learn how to fight and you're going to be great at using a sword, I was just like, okay. So it felt like they were, like, because I thought she could go somewhere. Like, she kind of was almost set up like a Sansa where she, like, starts out as, like, a yeah. naive little girl and then, like, could become, exactly. like, a player exactly. in the game. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, her, like, climax is... Almost getting raped. Yeah, and then, like, at the end of the book, like, her boyfriend touches, like, her face, and she passes out. And, like, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> what the yeah. heck? The, like, romance was so baffling to me, because they literally just, like, saw each other once, and then they were both like, I'm so in love, and I can't live without this other person, before they haven't even, like, ever talked to Ex- each other. Yeah. yeah. For- and then I, oh my god, just, that was terrible. Yeah, you you just you expect a relationship that's more nuanced in a book that has such world building. So it just it just that really didn't like it, it that I think that part was the most disappointing upon yeah. the reread and on I, me. I think it almost could have worked if the author had been like, "Haha, they're 15. Haha." Like they're not actually in love, but then yeah. it was like, "No, they're meant to be." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Not on board. Although I don't know if this changes anything, but at, um, in the second book, the main character Takeo starts having sex with this other girl in his like hidden tri- tribe named Yuki, and that's just a whole thing that happens. And then he's like, "Oh no, but I love Kaede, and I must go back to her." So, and she gets set up with another like creepy old dude that wants to marry of her. Course. So that's. that's all Yep. I will also say that if a guy tries to rape you and then is, like, murdered in front of your eyes, you're probably not going to be in the mood to have sex for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I found that, like, baffling. Yeah, that was, that was very, like, that, that's the thing, like, just the portrayal of woman this time, like, reading it this time around was just super weird and disappointing, and it's just, like, just kind of like that my biggest complaint is like okay even if you have like if you put weapons in these women's hands you can't just get like a gold star for having strong female characters it's like you can't like you need to actually develop your characters yeah just because like she can use a sword doesn't mean she's suddenly like a strong character yeah and I had the same problem with Lady Mariyama, um, yeah. because I thought she was going to be really cool, because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, she has, like, all this power, and she's, like, playing these guys into her hands, and then, like, I thought the secret romance between her and, like, Lord Otari was, like, okay, um, although when they revealed she was pregnant, I was, like, lame, <laughs> 
Uh, and of course she commits suicide because that's, you know, yeah. her, her lover's dead. That's the only thing and, she has for in this world. And the fact that her and her daughter just both died off screen or like off page, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I just, I was like, but why why would you set her up like that to be cool and then she never does anything and then you're just like, oh yeah, she died. She, she jumped off a boat and died. She was fridged. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was my big problem too. Like as as the book was like drawing to a conclusion, I was just like, why are these things happening? Yeah, and that was a really interesting plot point to explore because at least from what I understand of um like elitism in Japan, um so Lady Maruyama is just so um like she has so much power that anyone she married would take her last name. And that's still a thing that happens in Japan. No, is cool. If you're a woman and you come from a more prestigious family than your husband, then they take um, they take the woman's last name. So I thought, yeah, I thought that was a subplot that wasn't explored nearly enough. Um, and it was kind of disappointing that, you know, this character was introduced only to be fridged. <laughs> yeah. So, sort of related. Not really. <laughs> I... Like, my biggest problem, I think, with the book was, like, the way it was written of being, like, super, like, descriptive and, like, flowery and, like, just super, like, long paragraphs and lots and lots of dialogue and then, like, the action itself took up, like, no time at all. Like, I'm pretty sure the, like, very end where, oh, God, the dude who's this... Uh, Shigeru? Yeah, who, like, takes him in. Like, defeats the other guy. I don't remember any of their names. That, like, but, like, that whole, like, last final action sequence only took, like, 200 words or something. It was so short. Yeah. I was just, so, I think that's probably, I don't know, I just had a big problem with the way it was written. Yeah, the <laughs> end. why I found it so boring. Yeah, the ending felt rather rushed, although I, I didn't have that problem with the writing. Like, I didn't, I didn't think the writing like I, th- I thought it was an easy book to read. I didn't think it was um, boring or too descriptive. I thought it was mm. easy to read, but I did think time moved yeah, strangely. It did, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there would be like these huge passages of time that would just pass by him being like, "Oh yeah, I was like learning how to do this and this and this," and then all of a sudden, like we're ready to do this, and I was like, "Wait, what? When did that happen?" And uh, yeah, oh. so it was. I kind of had like the same. I think same problem like when the action was actually happening i was like i don't really know like how we got here yeah yeah the pacing was i think it was really that the pacing was all over the place because it moved very quickly at times and then it would just go slow like it would just be very slow and then it would be quicker like it would i i think that i mean i could see there being a problem with the pacing yeah definitely so i highlighted something that was on page three that was like, I knew nothing of the wars of the clans, nothing of their rigid codes. I had spent my whole life among the hidden who are forbidden to kill and taught to forgive each other. But at that moment, revenge took me as a pupil. And I, like, wrote, like, we're on fucking page three, so this means, like, this change of heart, like, means absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> but, like, the beginning, I was like, what is happening? Like, why is this all happening so quickly? And then, like, everything just, like, slowed down. Yeah, 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 I get that. Where he's like, I'm in a peaceful village. Now I will kill them all. <laughs> like, what, what happened? Like, I know this horrible thing happened to you, but, like, I didn't know you before this happened, so I don't really care. Like, One of the things I thought was odd about uh, Takeo is that, like, 
he read pretty young to me at the very beginning. Like, he felt like he was still kind of a kid, like, wandering around. And then later in the book, he mentioned, like, oh, yeah, like, I had already had, like, sex with people in my <laughs> village and all this stuff. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, he did not feel mature enough to be, like, a grown-up who was having sex with people. And that, like, freaked me out. Because I was, like, imagining him as, like, a 13-year-old, and then all oh, of a sudden he's like, too. yeah. Uh, like, was he just a 13-year-old that was having, like, lots of sex in brothels, or was he actually older? Well, he was, I think at the beginning of the book, he was either 14 or 15. Oh, okay. So, So he was yeah. pretty young, but, yeah, I mean, I guess I appreciated that that he's, like, bisexual randomly, that, that was, I was okay yeah, I that. totally forgot about that, like, from the first time. It was just kind of random, though. It was just like, okay, this he doesn't... He likes dudes. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if that, like, implied that he was, like, bisexual. I, that didn't imply that he was bisexual. It just meant that, like, he was having sex with dudes because, like, women weren't available or something. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's oh, possible. because men have such insatiable sexual appetites that they'll yeah. just, you know, fuck what at, the first thing they see, of course. I don't know, he just didn't, like, really, like, other than that, like, one mention of him, like, having sex with dudes, like, he didn't, like, read as a bisexual character. Yeah, that would be, that would be very poor representation, if it's just, like, and that happens a lot in YA, just be like, oh, yeah, and one time I had sex with this dude, too, but that just happened, like, that happens a lot, and it's like, okay, that's not real representation, let's be, Mm -hmm. let's be real. Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) <laughs> I bit over a month ago. So. <laughs> yeah, that was like one of the things that really stuck out to me because I found it so jarring when he said he'd already had sex, and then when he said he'd had sex with like men too, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, like, okay, good for you, but <laughs> all right. Yeah. I took a bunch of notes on this on my phone, and then I accidentally deleted all of the notes on my phone. <laughs> So all of my thoughts, I don't know them anymore. <laughs> um, I I guess, I mean, I, I feel like I need to talk about the things I did like about the book. Um, so I I get I guess for me, like I I did think that it had pretty decent world building, and that there was I think there was just a lot of potential there that um just wasn't. It just didn't come to be. Like, I was really interested in um, the fact that the main character comes from, like, this, um, you know, this this village that I think is supposed to be based off Christianity. It just kind of sounded yeah. a lot like, yeah. a, like a hidden Christian sect. And I, I thought that was interesting, and that could have been um, explored a bit more, just kind of, ha- like, how those tensions, like, the tensions between the people, I, I just thought it would have been interesting um, if people, like, if the characters had just been developed a bit more, um, that's the thing, I, I just feel like there was a lot of potential there, and it just wasn't fulfilled. I don't know. I, I might be the only person that, like, somewhat liked it, but. One of the aspects about it I thought was kind of cool, like, I thought the tribe was kind of cool. Yeah. Although I personally didn't really care for Takeo, like, being part of the tribe, because I just, kind of read him, like, as a Gary Stew. Yeah. Um, but, like, the tribe itself was kind of interesting with, like, their weird, 
like code and stuff and how they're like oh yeah like your dad said he was just gonna kill people forever so when he left we had to kill him and i know i kind of liked like that aspect of it um like that i don't know and some of some of their abilities were kind of interesting uh, like when that old dude, I don't remember his name, like showed up for the first time. Oh, uh, Kenji Mudo. Yeah, uh, yeah. And was like an old guy sitting outside the gates, and then he like managed to sneak in. I was like, that yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he was. He, I thought he was interesting, and I yeah. would have liked to have known more about that whole relationship, like that he had with his father and whatnot. Yeah, and I think that like Takeo Takeo being forced to. Um, like, make a decision between, like, <laughs> between his, like, adopted family and the tribe, like, could have been, like, a cool, like, it was a cool idea, but then, like, I didn't actually care which one he, like, chose. Yeah. Wait, didn't his whole, I don't remember this book, you guys. The whole tribe died except for that one guy, right? No. No. no there's no. still, yeah, there's still kind of practicing in in like secret there's like a whole bunch of them that i think like ken kenji mudo is like one of the leaders and he has like a niece and then like several other young people and that that you get to in the second book you get to know more about them but i don't really remember obviously i didn't remember the, the series well so didn't he also like randomly have a daughter at the end of the book well, Kenji. I, either, yeah. either it was his daughter or his niece. I, I'm pretty sure that's Yuki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was his daughter. I, it, she was either his daughter or his niece or something, and she, she becomes, yeah, she becomes Takio's love interest in the second book. Okay. I remember Takio randomly being like, they looked at each other, and I understood she was his daughter, and I was like, wait, uh, yes. <laughs> Where did that come from? All right. Just how you do. Like, looking thing. How you do. Um, How do you guys feel about the, like, main villain guy? (laughs) Generic villain? Yeah, exactly. He he wasn't really well-developed at all. His motivations really weren't well-developed. It was just kind of like, meh. I really, like, want to read a book series or watch a movie or, like, write write my own maybe I don't know series sometimes where you have like the generic villain character and he gets set up like in the room with like the main female character and you're like gonna expect him to be like a creep because that's like what always happens and then he's like no I what why would I threaten you with sexual assault that's weird he's like I want to kill you but I'm like I'm not gonna rape you that would just be fucked up be like all right I want to see something like that sometime. Because I feel like that's just where bad guys always go. They're like, they're a bad guy, so they, like, want to rape you. Yeah. What about the sequels? Are I mean, like, I don't think after this yeah. that I'd want to read a sequel, but, like... Um, that's the thing. It's I, I think my memory is so clouded because when I first read these books in eighth grade, I loved them. So the sequels... Um, I, the, the second book is very much filler. Like, the second book is just kind of a transition point where um, Takio learns of this, this prophecy that his son is going to kill him and 
Um, he gets Yuki Kenjimuro's daughter knocked up, and but he's like, oh, I love Kaede, so screw you, and he like runs away from her. Sounds like a classy fellow. I know, and, and <laughs> Kae, like I said, Kaede gets uh, she miss she gets pregnant obviously from Takeo from that one time. Of at, course. So, but she miscarries, and then she's married off to some other creepy dude, and she's being held captive by him in the third book still. And I rem- the one thing I remember very clearly is he gives her a wooden dildo, and she just starts crying. Uh- what? Yeah, it's yeah. I I remember that very clearly, and then but then Takeo and Kaede get reunited, and it's like, oh my god, we're so in love. But then she gets like burned like really badly oh. at the end. But they live happily but ever he's after. Still in love with her or whatever. Yeah, and they live happily ever after and have only have only daughters because his son from Yuki's gonna kill him one day. So yeah. <laughs> okay interesting yeah it's i mean that's the thing i mean if you didn't like the first book you're not gonna like the second and third book obviously but that's the thing i can't really tell now that my opinion on the first book has changed i can't really tell you if the second or third are any worse or better and i probably won't reread them um one of the things i think that i like find weird about this book and now it sounds like the sequels is i have a hard time telling if it's like because when I first started reading it, I think I was feeling like it was more, like, middle grade, like, not quite YA. Yeah. But then uh-huh. they talk about, like, having sex exactly. and, like, murdering people and the blood everywhere. And then I was like, that feels, like, much less middle grade. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, I, I have a hard time, like, figuring out exactly like, where to pin it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because of the mature, th- I mean, this can't really be middle grade because of how mature some of the themes in it are. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I would I would say it's, like, its target audience is kind of between, um, you know, middle and high school, because I read this when I was in the eighth grade, and I would say that's, like, that's a good target audience for this book, because it's, like, the, the themes are mature enough that, like, you wouldn't really want, you know, a 10 or 11-year-old reading it, yeah. but it's also, you know, it's no... The storytelling isn't nuanced enough for it to be something you'd read like at a college level. So yeah. it, it's just it just yeah it just kind of kind of falls in this um, awkward space, yeah, I guess. I agree. Which is why why it's great for uh, seventh and eighth graders. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was totally reading as middle grade to me, and then we got to like the sexy times and breaky times, and I was like, wait, what? So. I actually just had the thought where you were talking that does remind me a little bit of um, the Alana books. Oh, yeah. Where, like, the I first one is, like, very middle grade. Like, it's young. And then in the later books, like, she's, like, having sex and, like, running around. And it's, like, a lot more adult. Um, uh-huh. And at times I was like, wait, where do these books fall? Although I liked the Alana books more. Yeah. I like those books a lot. I didn't read them until college, so... I actually just read them for the first time, like, a few years ago, so... (laughs) I, like, wish I had read them when I was, like, 14. 13 and 14-year-old Gabs would have loved those books. Oh, yeah. Mm. Totally. But, yeah, I see what you mean on that. Yeah, and I think, like, I think these books, like, if you're going into them as, like, a 13 or 14-year-old and you want to, like 
and you want to like read about like an adventure and you're interested in Japanese culture, like I think I think they're fine. Like I don't think they're any better or worse than other like YA novels. Um, yeah. But what? But when you go back, you know, as a twenty-something-year-old and read it, it's just kind of like, eh. yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that like seventh grade, like Inuyasha, exactly, would have like found a lot to like in these books. But yeah. like twenty-four-year-old Inuyasha obsessed me. <laughs> yeah, I'm currently rewatching Inuyasha. It's amazing. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I have a little more perspective. Than yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of off topic, but it is funny that Inuyasha held up a lot better than I thought it would I'm when so I rewatched it, when I rewatched when I, it. I, I watched it last year and like I liked it and it was fun, but now I'm like watching it more critically and I'm like, this is like actually like good on its own merits and not just because I like have a nostalgia for it. I mean, like there's still a lot of really cheesy stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, Inuyasha! Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen like two episodes, so yeah. It's a long haul, but yeah, that's, that's exactly the thing, and I, th- I think that's why this book got, like, when this book first came out, like, I made all my friends read it, and they all liked it, and, like, it, w- it was just kind of, you know, that was kind of when anime was becoming, like, a thing, like, back when Hot Topic had anime everything, oh, yeah. and, like, so I, th- I think at that time, everyone, I think critics of the book were like, oh, but, you know, it, th- that's why all this stuff is happening, because it's, it's Japanese and it's exotic and interesting. So I, I think I think people might have gave it a little more uh, wiggle room ten years ago, back when Japan like the Japan obsession was like everyone was like, ooh, gotta have all this exotic anime stuff. And now you know now that anime is kind of ingrained into our society and it isn't this big special thing anymore. <laughs> I think we can look at it with a more critical eye and be like, actually, no, this isn't special. Yeah. Although yeah. I, I guess I will give the book props for not just writing about, like, white people. Exactly. <laughs> that was, like, the thing I was excited. I was like, a YA book that's not about white people, yay! But, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like, the, like, if she had written a different book, like, in a different, like, well, if she had written in, like, a different culture that was, like, more familiar to her own, like, I, it might have been more interesting to me. Yeah. Like, not like that, like, yeah, we need more white people in literature, but I think that, like, this particular author might have been, like, better equipped to just, like, write stuff that was more familiar to her. Right, yeah. right. But at the same time, I don't think, like, I don't, I didn't personally find, even though I was frustrated at some of the things in the books, I didn't personally find it anything offensive um, from what I know about Japanese culture. Like, there was nothing to me that's like, oh, you know, that's totally off the mark that I've had a reaction in other books so I mean I I think it's like innocuous enough for just like a light read like if you take it as it is like okay this is a YA novel this isn't serious um I I don't think it's offensive but at the same time it's like this clearly isn't like you know a Japanese epic yeah it would be nice to read a book set in Japan by like an Asian author, I think. Um, like, if you were looking to read, like, just YA that was not just white people. <laughs> but I agree that it's, like, it's not offensive, and, uh, I don't know. I guess, like, I, I can't say since I didn't read it when I was younger, but young me might have might have dug it, so... 
Yeah. Like, I think that, like, my, like, the biggest, like, red flag for me was, like, the weird juxtaposition of, like, the monotheistic, like, pseudo-Christian religion into it, where, like, the super special people are, like, worshipping, like, a pseudo-Christian god. Well, not so. the super special, like, the tribe didn't worship the god, just, like, um, Takeo's original village did, and they were just, they just were, like, normal people. Like, he just happened to, I think his father just happened to go through the village from the tribe, and, oh. like, his father was the one that was special, and his father wasn't, you know, Christian or anything. Um, his, his mother's family, like, the, 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 like, the, like, the Christian people were just normal, so. But, it, it does kind of, like, it does, it does kind of place it in, um, we start from kind of a Western viewpoint. Maybe the author was afraid that, you know, um, incorporating, you know, Shintoism or Buddhism would have been too, like, off-putting to a Western audience. I don't know. Or just maybe too difficult for, like, her to write about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's always a uh, tricky subject to cover in general, so... Yeah, yeah, I wish I wish the um, Takio had had more of a struggle. Like he seems to give up his initial re- religion very easily, and like there are times when he's like, "Oh yeah, I shouldn't kill. Like I was taught not to kill. It's still hard for me to kill." And then he'll just like go and kill people like that, and be like, "Okay." Like I don't know. I just wish he had. The, I just wish the religious aspects and the cultural aspects were more well developed. But if you're, you're limited by a Western author who really doesn't know a terrible much about Japan, then, you know, that's what you're limited to. I think that just sort of ties into, like, the fact that I didn't understand Takeo's motives for doing anything that he did. Yeah. Like, like, why why he was doing, like, acting the way he was. Like, I just feel like I didn't have any context for, like, why his character would act in any specific way. Yeah, I think that's because I assumed he didn't have a personality the entire book, so whenever yeah. he did anything, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Do you yeah. have a personality? I don't believe it. Yep. I didn't really find, like, anybody had a very compelling personality, except for that Kenji guy. Yeah, he was kind of cool. Mm. He was fine. <laughs> he was fine. Yeah. Do we just want to, uh, go around and say our, uh, how many stars out of five yeah. we would give the book? Sounds good. Do you want to start, Erin? Sure. I gave it one star on Goodreads. <laughs> not because I, like, particularly hated it, but because there was, like, almost nothing that I enjoyed about it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just did not really like reading it. So, yeah, one star. I think I'd probably give it two. And not necessarily because I really liked a lot of stuff about it. But I find, like, I can't really give a book one star unless I just found it to be, like, a pile of garbage. (laughs) And I don't think this book, like, fell into that category for me. It wasn't the cipher. Yeah, but I still still think you guys gave the cipher at least two stars. So I'm like, was this book really worse than the cipher for you? Like, did I give the cipher two stars? I might might have to go back and check it. Yeah. (laughs) I I just, like... Like, I don't know, the cypher had, like, some, like, camp enjoyability for me, at least. <laughs> I, I think I probably enjoyed reading this more than the cypher. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't actually read the cipher. I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say, like, it's also because the book just didn't, like, engender, like, any, like, really strong feelings in me. So, like, I would pick it up and read it and then put it down and be like, oh, yeah, like, I need to read that later. And I wouldn't be like, oh, no, I have to finish it. But I also wouldn't be like, ooh, I'm excited to, like, read more of Across the Nightingale Floor. So, uh, so yeah, I'd say two stars for me. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to go ahead and give this three stars because I thought, like, I liked it. it. It's like, I feel like it's a good beach read, but it definitely has its flaws, and I won't read it again. So, you know, it was, it was fine, but it's not anything special, unfortunately, to, uh, no, to no, I know, to 14-year-old Katie. It's, it's, it's not the Japanese Lord of the Rings, sadly, so, yep. I'm going to further justify why I gave it one star. I kind of remember why now. I was, like, in the middle of, like, a really bad book streak where I just, like, read a bunch of really bad books, and I was angry that I had just read another book that I didn't like, which is probably why I gave it one star. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, hey, like, that's the thing. Down. Like, hey, if you hated it, like, I can, total, I can totally see why. I'm just like, is this book really that terrible compared to, like, I'm like, I have read stuff that's much worse than this, so, yeah. I think if I had read it now and I'm feeling more neutral about books, <laughs> I might have given it too. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in July, I'd read a bunch of really, really bad books yeah. all in a row. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, well, all yeah. right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, everyone, for that uh, sober edition of Boozy <laughs> Book Club. <laughs> We are planning on having a much more raucous and silly boozy book club next time when we read Ivory and Bone. <laughs> I don't remember actually the name of the author, but all I do know is... Huh? Julie something. Yeah. Yes, it's Julie Eshbaugh. All right. I say her last name. It involves, like, essentially cavemen and Pride and Prejudice somehow, and I'm pretty excited to see how bonkers it is, so... Oh, I guess we should also mention uh, that we are part of Minerva, (laughs) which you probably know since, like, we're not on iTunes or anything, but um, if you want to listen to our podcasts, you should go check those out, especially if you want to hear more about people reading and or watching things that they saw when they were kids and really liked, and then do watch them again as adults. Nostalgia Myalgia is the podcast for you. Yep. We're going to be reading Maximum Ride next, so if you want to tune in, read along. And if you have any suggestions for future Boozy Book Club books, let us know. And I think that's about it. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.